Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 366. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Emerald Green Forest. Emerald is the Empress of Encouragement with Creative Age Consulting Group, and we met what, last September, if not earlier in the groups for uh, at the new media summit. And it's been a blossoming relationship. And I can't wait to have and share this conversation with you all. So welcome so much, Emerald. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's really a delight to be here. And I'm honored that an icon of influence like yourself would consider it worthy of having me a guest on your show. I love what you're about. And I especially love the fact that it's about productivity, not perfection. So thank you for taking a stand for that. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, if it was perfection, then I would be fired. Because I was actually thinking about that this morning, looking at my desk. This has been just a crazy whirlwind month since getting back from this year or the spring's new media summit. If people were going to judge me by the state of my desk in my office right now, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd be like eight feet under. (laughs) It's a wreck. I've never shared this on the podcast before, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. So I apologize. We'll get back to you really shortly. I use a space heater in my office during the winter, and my kids were lining them all, or the kids... For ease of sorting clothes, I hate to fold. I don't use a dresser (laughs) for my three littles. I just got a a Rubbermaid bin for each of them, like a big Rubbermaid bin. So I sort them. And while I'm sorting, I throw them into the appropriate bin. And that's it. That's called doing the laundry in my house after they're cleaned. Well, they were using their Rubbermaid bins as train cars around my Uh office one day. And Zelda backed her train car up into the space heater. And I'm sitting here working. And all of a sudden, I start smelling this funky smell. (laughs) What I can see right now is this Rubbermaid bin. Thankfully, I don't need to use the space heater anymore, but it has this big hole melted into the side. I'm just so thankful that I was sitting here. And well, number one, I do turn off the space heater every night, but that I was sitting here when this happened because it was starting to melt onto the clothes on the inside. Yeah, totally not related to what we're talking about, though. So let's jump back to you, Empress of Encouragement. Tell us I love more. You, I, I love you, Kim. And <laughs> love I just want to encourage you right now. <laughs> I want to encourage you right now. So yeah, let me tell you just a little bit about how I came to be the Empress of Encouragement. That is helpful for you. Um, for about the last decade, for most of the last decade, I was actually the Empress of Empowerment for women entrepreneurs And I helped them to feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. And then I had a a meltdown, shall we say, since we're talking about meltdowns of laundry baskets. That was a nice segue, I have to say. I had a meltdown in my life and my business about two years ago. It's actually two years ago last weekend. And it's interesting because for almost a decade, I was a single mom raising my son through his adolescence. And I know... I can't really compare myself to you, Kim. You've got five plus two kids. I had one, but 
in in a lot of cases, mine was like four in one. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's a little more challenging to have only one than it is to have multiples. But you know, that's neither here nor multiples there. Multiples keep each other occupied. I exactly. can hear that completely. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, my son, during the time I was building my business and doing my best to be positive and doing my best to be productive and doing my best to be peaceful and certainly doing my best to be profitable in that process, he was going through adolescence and ended up being, you know, kind of a statistic that is pretty familiar in families of addiction. My dad was an alcoholic. His dad and his dad's dad were alcoholics. There were lots of drug and alcohol addiction problems in his father's side of the family, definitely drug and alcohol addiction problems in my side of the family. And and one of the things that I had uh, done in my own life was I had made the decision that it was going to stop with me. And Unfortunately, it didn't stop with me and it ended up carrying over into him. And and so two years ago, he kind of reached the peak of the challenges with the addiction and he was doing heroin and cocaine and all kinds of crazy stuff. And at the same time, I'm trying to run my business and keep the roof over his head and all of those things. And he locked me in the basement two years ago and threatened to cut me up in little pieces and throw me in the river because I caught him online. Uh, buying heroin and fentanyl using Bitcoin. So it was a crazy, crazy time. And it was a big meltdown for me. And it created the dissolution of a lot of things. My business dissolved, my relationship with him, of course, dissolved. At that time, he ended up going to jail. Thankfully, I was able to get out of the basement and go to the forest and call the police. And I tried to keep things moving with my business, but I really needed actually to just let everything go. And it wasn't until last year that it became very clear to me that my old business had to go into the fire. And so I burnt my old business to the ground and I got fortunate enough to be selected for a TV show that was being premiered on Apple on the Success Channel called Fix My Brand. And so during that time last year during the fix my brand process I rebuilt everything from the ground up and it became clear during that time that I was supposed to be serving men instead of women moving forward and so that's how I changed into the empress of encouragement because part of the work that I do is I work with men who have a big vision and who really are looking for the support and the encouragement and the support in holding the vision with them to be able to really make their mark in the world. And so as a result of that, my Men on Purpose podcast got launched that is in service to really inviting people to come into the brand and to work with me and to be served and encouraged to be on purpose and to make their most meaningful mark in the world. Oh, I absolutely love that. Well, I mean, I love what you're doing now and that I have to really appreciate and commend you for the actions that you took. And I know from personal experience how hard it can be to let a a previous business go, one that you might still hold in your heart like it is another child. I, is that mm-hmm. just me? I mean, my, no, it's my, not first, just <laughs> my first and second businesses were like like another child to me. And the first one was an online crafting store. It was scrapbooking supplies. I didn't even scrapbook, but I was so invested mentally and financially and physically into making it work 
that I couldn't see that it wasn't where my passions were. And to this day, actually, just this past weekend, my husband and I were cleaning the basement and I still have boxes of leftover inventory down there. And I said, I need these gone in the next week. Mm. I don't, I don't want to see them anymore. We can donate them, but they need to be gone in the next week. He's like, okay, one of our nieces might want them. I'll tell her that she needs to come get it in the next week. They're, they're going to like Goodwill. I mean, it's thousands of dollars of inventory still in my basement. Yeah, scrapbooking stuff you might want to also send to the library. Because so one of the things I just did, Kim, was I actually sold my house of 12 years. And I went through that process of purging over the last 8, 9, 10, 12 weeks. And one of the places where I found to donate was the library. I took all my office supplies and like craft supplies that I knew I wasn't going to have room for or be willing to to carry forward with me. And they went to the library and they were thrilled for their children's program. So that That's might be a, a fabulous idea. Consider. Yeah, the library's great. I wonder if they would let go of my overdue fines if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might. You might be able to make a deal. You know, everything's negotiable, Kim. You might be able to cut a deal with them on that. Yeah, I'll have to talk to them about that. Wow. Okay. So I noticed in my own business that men are, it's often tougher for them to seek encouragement because they feel like they need to be so strong, Mm -hmm. right? I can do it on my own. I don't need your help. I mean, even with my husband sometimes, nope, I've got it when I know that he doesn't have it and he needs the encouragement. Is this what you find a lot? Well, you know, I think it's a cultural thing that we've done to our men and boys. I mean, as a mom, I watched my son go from being this immensely creative, collaborative, fun-loving, bright, engaged being to, you know, he hit puberty and all of a sudden it was literally like, you know, in the movies when they they go to the bank of lights and they shut down. They go, they go bang, 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 and all the lights go out. Literally, I watched that happen with him. And it was so difficult for me to witness that. But at the same time, what I knew I was witnessing was more than just him. It was literally this cultural overlay of conditioning that we've placed on men that causes them to shut off their heart and shut off their creative energy and shut off their emotional literacy and shut off everything other than the programming of, I can do it and I will make it to the top of the mountain by myself. And I think it's really, really amplified in Western culture more than anything that it's this solo thing. But the truth is any greatness Any greatness that you see has ever been created has always been created in collaboration. You know, even let's use Thomas Edison for an example, who was this amazing, famous scientist inventor who invented the telephone, right? He had collaborative partners who he made the connection with to work with his experiments. And so it's important, I think, more than anything, Kim, to help men break through the illusion, especially men who've been called to a higher purpose. When they've been called to a really big vision, it's super important to help them 
down that cultural conditioning that says you have to do it alone, number one. But number two, help them to exercise what can be considered dormant muscles of connection. I think we all have the capacity to connect and create and collaborate and and do great things in community with one another. But if you've been you know, standing on one leg for 20 years and you're, you know, that one leg is the only leg you know, and then all of a sudden you put your other leg down, it needs some time and some encouragement and some practice and a space within which to strengthen itself. And in this case, the strengthening is, you know, the ability to be in collaboration, the ability to ask for help, the ability to recognize that, you, you aren't here to do it all by yourself. That's why we're all here together is because we aren't here to do it all by ourselves. And I'll say, Kim, that one of the reasons why I feel like I can serve men well in this way is because even though I'm in a female body, I grew up in an era where women were also culturally encouraged to be more, I'm going to put this in quotes, man-like. So in order to going to again put this in quotes, succeed in the world, we were required to bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan and never let him forget he's a man because you're a woman. So we had this really weird like programming that came from an Anjali perfume commercial <laughs> that still stuck in my, my head as a meme, but it was the cultural expectation for my generation, at least, that we were going to be as successful or better than men in the marketplace and simultaneously be fabulous wives, fabulous mothers, like be everything. And that's so challenging, especially when you pick up the idea that you have to do it all by yourself. Because what happens when you believe that is, yes, you may receive some level of success. You may achieve some level of success on pure will alone. And that's another Thing that we put out in the culture is like, work hard and you'll make it. Well, that's bull because you can oh, work man. and work and work. <laughs> yes. You can work and work and work and you're not going to make it because you're working in the wrong way. So it's important, I think, for us to remember not to think we have to do it all by ourselves and to work collaboratively and leverage with each other rather than isolating ourselves. Because when we're isolated, we're really we're really putting a limit on what's possible. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. In, in June of 2016, no, July of 2016, so about four months before the podcast was launched, I found myself severely anxious, severely depressed because I had been working for the previous 18 months so hard that I was only sleeping two to three hours a night. I wasn't looking for support like I should have. And I wasn't building a team. I was trying to do everything myself. And on that day, I was trying to figure out how I was going to kill myself. Mm. And it was just because of that, you know, I, I just thought, no, I can do it alone. 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 And then it all shifted. And so many things have changed. There's a quote that goes something along the lines of, and I, I don't remember who said it, but rich people spend money to save time. Poor people spend time to save money. Mm. 
And it had, that's exactly what I was doing. I was spending time to save money and I wasn't just poor financially, but I was poor spiritually, poor, poor in every, like poor health wise. Totally. every, Every part of my life was poor. Including, I would have to say, that was like the worst part of my relationship with my husband, too, just because he was seeing more of the back of my head than he was seeing my face ever. Sure. And if you're only sleeping two hours a night, you are literally you were robbing yourself throughout that whole process. And so here's what I'll say, Kim. The real work is, did we learn? Mm-hmm. Did we learn the lesson? And so as I'm building my brand anew, as I'm building my business anew, as I'm taking on new clients, as I'm, you know, launching this podcast, I am so much more aware than I was back then. And so when I launched my podcast, I did put it all together myself, but it became very clear to me just you know, at the the last New Media Summit. So I went to the New Media Summit in September. We met there. Out of that, I decided to launch the podcast. I put everything into place to make it functional. I got all my systems set up. I launched January 11th. My show is already being heard in 35 countries. We just added the Philippines this week. Yay. Thank you. And so we're not even four months out from the uh, initial launch. And it became clear in April, when we saw each other again at the New Media Summit, like, oh, I've got to delegate. I've got to get myself out of the admin. And so I ended up getting back in touch with the woman who had worked with me for a number of years in my old business. And I made some decisions. I said, okay, do I go back to somebody I know? Do I uh, search for somebody new? I did interview two other people. And it became clear to me that it was better to spend the money to hire her, even though, you know, I interviewed, I interviewed one person who was charging like such a ridiculously small amount of money that I knew as soon as I started interviewing her, I was like, this is not the right fit person for this show. It's not the right fit person to work with me because she's undervaluing herself so much. And then I spoke with a new person who was probably mid range in price point who I kind of liked. And then I thought to myself, I don't want to spend the time that it will take just to begin getting to know how to work with this person before we can really begin to delegate. So I ended up calling my previous virtual assistant, who was the most expensive of the three, but it's going to cost me exponentially less in time because she and I know how to work together. We already know how to work together. And and that means we're going to be positively moving forward. We are going to be productive with each other. And man, as soon as I turned things over to her, I felt like such a huge relief. And I was able to then feed myself and do things that make me feel juicy and allow me to show up in the best way that I possibly can so that I can be the best mentor for the clients that I'm serving. And literally within a week and a half of me bringing her back on board, even though she hasn't really taken over anything yet, all we've done is gone over what I've set up for a system. I've had three applications for people to work with me and made two offers, one of which was a $25,000 offer that was to work with a corporation came out of the blue, like really came out of completely out of the blue, totally unexpected. But if I hadn't freed up my time and opened up the space for 
having sales conversations, making proposals, or just even having a space in my calendar to be able to serve the people I want to serve, that wouldn't have happened. I can tell you that for sure. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love that whole part of this conversation as well. I do want to ask, though, how do you feel about the quote that says something like, um, you have to spend money to make money? And I guess I want to expand it a little bit further. Do you have to spend more money to make more money? Does that make sense? So here's what I want to say about that quote. I think, Kim, that sometimes people misinterpret or they don't get the entire context of what was meant by the person who initially said those words. So here's what I want to say about that. I would like to invite people to think rather, instead of spending money to make money, I would like to invite people to think about investing in order to receive a return. So if an opportunity is in front of you and it's not a fit for you and it's not going to give you the kind of return that you are looking for, then spending money to make money by going down that direction is simply foolish. And that's something that I've done when I first got into the online world. I spent money like a crazy woman because I believed, oh, my God, I have to spend money to make money. So I spent money on this and that and something else. But I had no clear strategy. I had no clear vision. I didn't understand how the business side of things worked. And I spent money initially at the very beginning, even though I understood like the value. I'll use it as an example. There was this program that was like a $2,000 program and it was designed to bring people to your site to drive traffic. And it was all about leveraging the power of video. And this was way before video was really popular. This was like back in 2009. I'm a visionary enough to be able to see like, oh, I understood exactly what this guy was talking about. It made perfect sense to me. It was like, yes, that's exactly what we want to do is drive traffic. But I had no back end that even if if I was driving traffic, where were they going? They were coming coming in the door and going right back out again. So yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. Anything, right? Yeah, you, I didn't know what no I was funnel. doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. This was in the in the land of time before there were even funnels. Yeah. So what I want to say is it's important to invest, and investing implies that there's going to be some kind of a return. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use the word cost. Like sometimes I'll be on the phone with somebody and they'll say, okay, well, I think I want to work with you. What's it cost? And so the first thing I do is I say, are you coachable? Are you are you somebody who's willing to take the mentorship? And they'll say, yeah, I'm coachable. I'm willing to take the mentorship. And then I'll say, okay, cost implies that you're going to come out on the other side with less than. Investment by its very nature implies that there is a possibility for a return. So which word do you want to use when we're having this conversation? And the really mentorable ones say, oh, how much is the investment for me to move ahead and work with you? So yes, you do have to flow money out into the world. You can't be hoarding money and holding onto it and thinking that something's going to happen kind of without you making any kind of investment. But let's spend, I don't want to use the word spend, let us channel our money or invest our money 
in ways that are sensible and then be mindful enough to look and say, gee, did I get a return on that investment? And if not, what do I need to do to either make a better decision the next time or to go back and apply and invest even more? Maybe sometimes we have to invest our time in consuming whatever it was that we just invested in, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. I'm going to use a more practical example. This one's geared towards the men, actually. I think you'll appreciate it. My husband, when we moved into our house, was so excited that he could mow the lawn because he Mm -hmm. finally had a lawn to mow. But he works open to close in retail. So most days he's leaving at 830 in the morning and he gets home at 830 at night. So I totally understand the single mom dumb because some days I am a single mom, it feels like. But on those days that he had his day off, he also has a back injury. So he would be just in a lot of pain from spending the whole week on his feet. And he just was not physically able. If he went out and mowed the lawn, he would be even more wrecked than he already was. So one day I just took it upon myself. And I know men, this might be taking a little piece of his happy away, but I just decided I'm going to hire lawn service. We're going to pay $35 every time that they come and mow our lawn. But then my husband has his time and he has more physical peace, if that's the right way of putting it. And then Mm. when the kids want to play with him, he's not beat to hell. Pardon my putting it like that. And he was so thankful afterwards. It was investing in something around the house, you know, and by way of a service that was freeing him up physically and emotionally to do other activities that he was more passionate about. And it's the same thing like you were talking about with hiring your old assistant or former assistant. It gave you that emotional and time peace that you were able to open yourself up for those more or those advanced opportunities. Totally. I totally get it. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that happens when men hire me is one of the first things we do is we start to strip away. So that, you know, we create so much complication in our lives and I'm sitting in my new kind of kitchen area, which is where I also have my podcasting set up. And I've got a sign on the wall here in my new kitchen that says simplify. So The big work when men hire me is I help them to strip away everything that's in the way of them making their most meaningful mark. And even though that sounded to him like it was a great thing to be able to mow the lawn, I think the truth is that he probably would rather be playing on the lawn with his children than necessarily mowing the lawn. And so the work is really about what can we take off of the plate so that there's more power, more juice, more creative energy, more bandwidth, more mental power, more time to invest in the things that are going to create the most reward for us, whether that is the reward of spending more time with your children or the reward of creating something that is a legacy that's going to last far beyond your own lifetime or whether that's the reward of, you know, having the it actually feels good to me to be able to support, to have a business that not only supports me, but also supports another woman and her family. And that's really a powerful thing. Like my virtual assistant, she's got kids, she's got a dog, she's got a family. So the money that 
I've invested to work with her, I know is going in a really positive and productive and powerful direction. And so, yeah, so it's important, I think, to um, to invest money and to expect returns. And the returns are not always in, in money. Sometimes the returns are in time. Sometimes the returns are in energy. Sometimes the returns are in improved relationships with your children. If your fairy godmother of money put $5,000 into your account right now, what would be the next thing that you invested in to free up more of your mental space? I think the next thing I would invest in is somebody who is really, really savvy at content um, marketing and could take and use the content that has been created to like to, to leverage what I've already got. I've got so much content. I'd really like to leverage what I've already got and take more of that off my plate. And so one of the things that I've done with my own podcast, the men on purpose podcast is every single one of the episodes has been filmed. I've got video, but I haven't used the video. So I've got all this video that's now stored waiting to be used. And what I'd love is I'd love to have somebody come along who I could say, okay, take this video and cut it down into one or two minute clips that then can go out into social media on a consistent basis to bring more people to the podcast, to bring more uh, applicants to be guests, to bring more awareness to what it is that I'm doing with the business and to enhance the possibility of more potential clients applying to work with me. So I think that's what I would do with $5,000 is I would uh, bring on somebody who could take and leverage the content that I have at an even higher level. I'm so glad you brought that up because so many entrepreneurs forget about the fact that every single piece of content that they put out, whether it be a blog article or podcast or anything, isn't just a one-shot deal. They can be shared through all of eternity on every single different platform. So that is such a great way. Yeah, it's definitely, I've definitely got clear that for me, I'm interested in an evergreen business. And I, you know, I'm talking to my guys on the podcast and I say, well, you know, offer whatever you're going to offer, make sure that it's something that people in, you know, I don't know, uh, let's say Nepal, 10 years from now are going to hear your thing and they're still going to be able to find you because my intention is that I, I think that's the way I'm going to build a really sustainable long-term momentum under the podcast is just keep putting it out again and again and again and again. So the week a show airs is where we do a lot of promo, but then after the show airs, we just keep putting the promo out again and again and again in a more of a random way. <clears throat> yeah, so I like the $5,000 magic fairy money. I'm I'm in on that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I'll I'll take you fairy godmother of money anytime. Yeah, <laughs> you are welcome in my house. You are cordially invited anytime. Oh, Kim, it's funny. I just made a magic wand for myself this weekend. That was one of the things I freed up my time and I went out and I made a magic wand for for real. <laughs> So um, it could you be just inspired the, fairy, me. the money fairy, <laughs> the money fairy could be uh, coming by your house anytime soon, Kim. <laughs> Will you just 
going back to the scrapbooking supplies in my basement, I've actually got glitter paper down there. My little girls would love to make magic wands. Sure. What can you do to repurpose? What can you do to repurpose that stuff? Yeah, I, I think we may be making magic wands in the next couple of days before we let everything go from from that stash. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Awesome. What is the one of the most common challenges that you see men have? And what would you want to say to men who are facing that one challenge right now? Mm, yeah. So I, I think that this is not just men, but, you know, since I am working with men, I'm going to speak directly to them. We live in incredibly challenging, confusing, rapid times of change right now. Uh, and it just becomes more and more rapid, more and more confusing, more and more challenging as time m moves forward. At least that's what I've been experiencing. And what I see happens with a lot of the men that I work with is they can land in what I like to call the clouds of confusion. So I believe that clarity is divinity. And so the most important thing for the men on purpose that I work with and that hire me, they're looking for is clarity and the capacity to make a decision. Because once you've made a decision, then the confusion drops away and you can continue to move forward in the direction that your decision is pointing you in. So what I do when I work with them is I help them initially come to clarity and to stay in that level of clarity, they must be able to continually make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision in order to move forward. So one of the things I actually have, Kim, for you and for your guests, anybody who's listening to this who's resonant and is looking for some support in this area, uh, we have created something called the Instant Clarity Exercise, and it's an eight-minute meditation. You can find that at emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. And when you go there, you can download that instant clarity exercise. You do not have to opt in. If you decide you'd like to, that's great. And if you do opt in, we'll keep you notified of podcast episodes as they air and other things that we feel are really important to share about the men on purpose that we serve. Um, but you don't have to opt in. I'm, I'm putting that out there for anybody who really needs the capacity to make a decision. You can use the instant clarity exercise and it's an eight minute meditation. So that's fabulous. Listeners, the link to that, if you are driving or exercising right now, will be in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP366. Emerald, this has been such a pleasure chatting with you. I'm so glad that we finally had the chance to get you on the podcast. Well, I'm really grateful, Kim, for the opportunity to be of service. And I love that I'm episode 366 because it feels like my episode is starting a brand new age for you, a new year for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking about that in the pre-chat, yeah, like 366. Yeah. 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 365 yeah. days in one year. So yeah. I'm, I'm three, I'm starting a brand new year for you. And I love that I'm at the beginning. Thank you, Kim. I love to be uh, supporting and serving people as they initiate great leaps in building their legacy. You just gave me goosebumps. 
I wasn't no. even, I, I heard you saying, talking about it when we were in our pre-chat, but it just didn't click right then. Sometimes a little slow, but <laughs> um, no, I totally get it now. And I love that. I'm so excited where this next year in podcasting is going to go. And thank you for starting it. Uh, we're, you're welcome. Can you repeat one more time where listeners can find you online and get the eight minute exercise? Yep. So they can go to www.emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash G-I-F-T, gift. Uh, the other place they can go, I'd love to have you go to menonpurposepodcast.com and download, uh, listen, rate, and review. We've already got, oh, I don't know, close to 30, 35 reviews, all five stars, except for one person gave us one star, which is, it's like, what? What happened? And they didn't even, there's not even a, like any comments. Like, why did you give us one star, but you didn't make any comments? I don't know what that's all about. You know what? I've seen people who sometimes think that one star, like, especially the Mm -hmm. older generation, I'm not going to point any fingers. I've seen it on my friend's podcast, where they think that one star is the best. Don't ask Ah, me. So let's just go with that reasoning. Okay. (laughs) I'm in. I'm going to count that as a positive star. Uh All star, all stars are positive. So yeah, we have a great, uh, great number of people from all over the world who are tuning in and we encourage even more to do so. If you are a woman You can certainly also get some very powerful information from listening to the Men on Purpose podcast. And I would totally encourage you to also turn it on to your husbands, your spouses, your partners, your boyfriends, your sons, your uncles, your fathers, whoever else you feel needs to know that there are men on purpose on the planet who are doing great things and that men really are and can be magnificent. Awesome. And again, those links will be at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP366. Emerald, do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Mm, Yeah. So the last piece of advice that I would offer is to really remember why you were born. Like, what were you called to this place, to this time, to this planet for. And take some time in your own private space to really dial into that, letting go of all the expectations that your parents, your society, your culture, your religion might have put on you because you came for a reason and you have a purpose. And I invite you now to say yes to your calling. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.